2: Hello and welcome to the 308th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida.
0: This is Matt, Google searching drillium in Minneapolis.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, listen carefully. Just take a second. Do you hear that? Okay, that's bike racing, baby. Bike racing is back. We are back in business.
0: Wow! Yes. Wait, does that oh, right. oh, look <laughs> like just
1: it? It the, the the hairs on the back of your neck start to tingle up? You know, like ah. Uh, oh,
2: I thought you were talking about the fans that don't exist at a masters level criterium at eight thirty in the morning at a local downtown. Well,
1: ironically, <laughs> <district>. you know <laughs> there aren't any fans there either. So I guess uh, pro racing has a lot more in common with amateur bike racing these days than it ever has before.
2: Very, very exciting. Spencer, I was on the edge of my seat to see where you were going to take us because when we were in the green room, I was expecting you to take us on a journey down the local bike path.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if I want to take a journey down the uh, local bike path, Tim, because you know, I did that the other day and I made a horrible discovery.
2: Mm-hmm. okay uh and what what was this i Tell i have a lot of ideas more. about what's on a bike path
1: what's the worst thing that you could possibly run into on the bike path on a on a shared multi-use trail through through an urban set you know like there's other people the well, and fa- it's not a bear i guess a, is what i'm trying to say like
2: like you know. an urban mixed use trail what's the worst thing that you could come like, across i'll go first a car i mean
1: that's pretty <laughs> bad. That's pretty bad. Well, but, um, like like a car that drove really around,
2: bad. a car that drove around the post or it's like mm-hmm, the trail yeah. supervisor.
1: Uh, see, yeah, yes, that's that's cops. bad. What about what about this? What about triathlete? How how about that? Terrifying? Are you scared? That's
2: pretty bad. Are they in the full aero tuck?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that'd mm. be pretty scary. Strava it's segment. Pretty... All right. What okay. about uh, what about rollerbladers? Uh, Are you scared of those guys? Roll- Ooh,
2: th-
0: that is roller- high on my list.
2: That's high on my list because they have a, they they don't understand how much path they take up, uh-huh. and a lot of times they have headphones yeah. on. So and you gotta you gotta. It's kind of like a windmill at a miniature golf course. You gotta time your pass at just the right moment yeah. with the lights. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No.
1: What if I well, now we know we can level up the rollerblader into the roller skier.
2: Yeah, well that's common in Minnesota. I've said. Yeah.
1: Now, I don't know if everywhere has cross country skiing uh craze like Minnesota does, but coming up there as a bike racer, you got to know uh the roller skiers.
2: Shout out to the yeah. gold medal winners from Minnesota.
1: Uh-huh. I'm yeah, I'm sure they put in their time on the greenway and yeah. uh we were all 100. just loving it. Guys, that was previously the worst thing I have ever seen on the on a bike trail had to had to deal with was roller skiers because so, the so skis we, are flying, the poles are flying, everything's crazy.
2: So Spencer, just to recap, your 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 power rankings of things you don't want to come across on the bike path. Yeah. Number one, roller skiers. Yeah. Number two Cars. Roll, <laughs> cars. Sorry. All right. All right. Yeah, cars. Number three is roller bladers. Uh-huh. Number four is triathletes.
1: I'm going to put triathletes ahead of rollerbladers. Actually, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, triathletes number three. Oh, wow, rollerbladers oh, number four. And then, if I heard you correct in the beginning, a bear was,
1: <laughs> was number
2: five.
1: Bear is pretty low on the list. I've only <laughs> seen one of those on the bike trails. Uh, but that was in Western Massachusetts. So, okay. I I I will put
2: any type of animal because in Florida I have seen alligators and I have right. also seen snakes go across. Oh. So. Okay, we have a solid five Slow Ride Podcast. Spencer, yeah. drum roll, please. The new number one scary thing. The new number
1: one. I don't one, know, I don't I know have if have never, says. I've never before in my life seen this. I saw somebody on a longboard skateboard with what is essentially a six-foot pole <laughs> with tennis balls on each end. And I, I think they were simulating rowing, I think. <laughs> A <laughs> kayak, like a kayaker, oh. yeah, or,
2: or was it a, a stand-up paddleboarder? Basically, <laughs>
1: it was maybe <laughs> this was a long, this was a big pole. Like this wasn't a broomstick. Like this like, was like, like, a, like a closet rod think, that was like they're... six to seven feet long. I mean, and the tennis like, balls to help propel yourself along on the skateboard as you're as you're cruising along. It was incredible.
2: So they were practicing to become like uh, the folks in the Venetian canal. With the giant poles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like They're like, oh man, can't get over to Italy right now. Um, so I'm just going to... Uh,
1: I don't know. Is kayaking an Olympic sport? Like,
2: Yes, it's an k- Olympic sport. I have been to it? the yeah, Whitewater okay. Center yeah. outside of uh, North uh, Charlotte, where they train for that. There you go. But I don't know about it with so, tennis balls <laughs> on either end.
1: So there's a place that this person should have been, is, is what you're saying.
2: But what's intriguing mm-hmm. to me is it was a stand-up... They yeah. were standing up on the longboard.
1: On a longboard, yeah.
2: And hmm. were they using the pole like a kayaker with both sides, or were they just doing, oh, yeah. oh wow. Oh, yeah,
1: wow. yeah, yeah. That's, this, that's, this skateboard was not being propelled by their feet kicking along like you would normally do. It was just there for I know, I know, the rolling but, resistance.
2: <laughs> but they were, they were putting the pole on both sides of their body. Yes,
1: yeah. There Which was is a what's tennis, interesting me, to me. Let me put it this way. There was a tennis ball on each end of the pole. Yeah, yeah. That's what for, for that's, traction as you hit the ground with it. Yeah,
2: and yeah. what's scary is the extension of that pole is twice the width of a roller blader. Oh yeah. Or, and it's a lot worse than a cross country roller skier on the trail because those are at least. Wow, this is interesting. They keep
1: a the, inboard, board. Yeah. I know. I know. It's a lot to take in. Like, because you need to conceptualize what this is and why someone would do it. First of all. Um, I I have the benefit of actually having seen it in person. So, I mean, I had kind of the same, uh, I can see, I guess I can see the gears in your heads turning. Like, as I'm trying to describe this, you're just like, your minds are slowly blowing. And that's what I did IRL when I saw this happen. Yeah, Um, that's
2: stroke inducing. um, (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Spencer. Thanks for bringing me back to the dark place. Now, I guess that, When you saw this, I'm sure you're like, I have a new agenda item for this week's slow ride pod. Yeah. Yeah. So did you take a picture?
1: I desperately wanted to, and I did not. Okay. Um,
2: So it's, it's a learning, a learning event for us. Yes. But here's the thing.
1: It's our white whale now. I am sure other people
2: in, in Massachusetts have seen this individual and have had this conversation.
1: I mean, you would think so.
2: And I hope that they take the picture. Well, Spencer, that was fantastic. That was, that was great.
1: Well, you know, I like to bring a little joy every week to this show because um, otherwise it would just be you guys. Speaking of
2: joy, <laughs> speaking of joy, let's go to the final 30 kilometers of our favorite race, <laughs> Milan-San yeah. Remo. I will ask you right now, is there a better final hour of a bike race in the world, than Milan San Remo, mm.
0: probably mm. not, because they made the end of Flanders crap. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably not. Yeah, most of the other races, is sort of the middle bit or uh, kind of that eighty around eighty percent of the race finished is where the exciting mm-hmm. parts are. But
0: no, this was good. This it, was a good one.
2: It was absolutely amazing. I loved it. Um, of course, Wout Van Aert takes the victory. Over Julian, a game Julian Alaphilippe, mm-hmm. and an amazing third place finish from by our new favorite rider, by our new favorite rider, Bling <laughs> Matthews, yeah. who apparently like his entire like we reposted on our Instagram page. If you haven't seen the at Bling Matthews Instagram account, bleeding all over his right shoe, the the amount of yes. blood coming Whole- out of his hand to take that third place. Here's the thing, he would have almost won, and shout out to friend of the pod, Brandon Gavick, for putting all 1,000 of his roller derby points on, <laughs> on Bling Matthews. Uh-huh. It would have paid yeah. out 45,000 points if he won, He's and I know there a, there's a general sense of relief from friend of the pod, Luke, the bookie of roller derby, that he did not need to go to wherever he was going to get those internet points to dish out because uh-huh. that was far more than was bet on the race. But mm-hmm. anyways, milan Sanremo, an epic race. It's a slow build, new course this year. We mm-hmm. get to the Trapressa. Not too much happens. A couple of, uh, you know, Trenton was crashed out. As yeah. they're going over the Scarponi Bridge, we have Daniel Oss with all of his flow coming out of the helmet S- for Team Scarponi
1: Memorial Bridge, Tim. The,
2: the Scarponi Memorial yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Sorry, I um, I appreciate the correction. Um, Oss looking fantastic as he's going across, giving the bridge all of the glory that it is due. We finally mm-hmm. get to the Poggio where riders are just starting to get dropped. I will start here, when we see. I believe um, the first to get dropped was Caleb Caleb Ewan. Yep. And then I think Fairly. we saw a couple of others. Was Damar DeMar, DeMar dropped here, or did he have the he, team car to pull him back up? I'm trying to remember. I never
0: <laughs> saw him get dropped, but I know he but, did. I saw Bennett pretty soon Bennett, after. Bennett, that's yeah. right.
2: Here's my question. Is there a more lonely place to get dropped than the Poggio at Milan San Remo? You have been riding for As six a and a half hours yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That is the longest ride you're going to do all year. And you get to the final climb that is just, what, 6K from the finish? And and then you get dropped, and they they perfectly position the moto cameras there. To watch the group ride away from you, like you're in your amateur criterium for the first time, and you just see it going up the hill away from you, and you can't do anything about it, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it has to be the most lonely place to get dropped in professional cycling, because they're just the announcers are just ticking off the sprinters that are getting dropped. Oh yeah. But if you held on just a little bit longer and you get dropped on the descent, no one's going to say anything. Like no one will even remember that you got dropped. They'll just be like, ah, oh, you know, uh, Wout Van Aert and Philippe had a wonderful descent.
1: Let's put it this way. Sam Bennett crossed the line, 60th place, four minutes, 20 seconds down. Um, that, uh, it's not a good place to get drive. That's a lonely couple of K, you know what I mean? Like, especially
2: after, yeah. especially after six and a half hours of riding, that's yep. what's, that's what's even more insane about it. Okay. So 162 yes. finished or started. Wout Van Aert takes the win. Little guy. Did you think it was going to be Wout Van Aert when he matched Alain Philippe's attack? Or did you think Matthew Vanderpoel, who came in 13th place, is going
0: to be <laughs> the one to take the victory? Well I, well, I mean, I definitely thought if they stayed away, uh, Wout had that. Um, I was a little concerned, though Alphalete played it correctly when he started kind of being a little cheeky with the polls there on the way mm. into town, um, which was the thing he had to do. He started taking his time. Wout, I think, is the the roadie most willing to take a poll. so it kind of worked out in yeah. Alphalete's favor, because yeah. I think yeah, yeah. if anybody... At a time, at a, at a crucial moment in a race, is going to just be like, fine, I'll keep doing it. It's wout, like dude is not afraid to pull. It's very cyclocross. Like he's, I'm in the front, whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah. Even though we're going 45 miles an hour, yeah, it's very but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that
2: the I mean, yeah. the, having wout doing what he's doing, it's almost like he doesn't care what Matthew Vanderpool is going to do. Like in cross. He knows he's gonna lose. Here, he's
0: like, you know what? I'm gonna win this race.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you just gotta ride your own race, right? And not worry about Vanderpool coming t- from behind and breaking your heart again. I think obviously he's got the he's got the good vibes. He's got two huge wins now. Um, he's got a strut in a step. It, well, so, he's
2: got the championship belt, rightly so. Especially after this yes. uh, Dom so, like win.
1: I got. I got a question for you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Where were your 1,000 roller, dar- roller derby points? Like, where, where was your money where, in this race?
2: Where did I lose money is, I think, what you're trying to get at. I did not have any money on uh, wild Van art. I had some on Matthew Vanderpool. I had a Caleb Ewing. I had a Michael Matthews. Um, I did not go heavy. I, you, okay. know, you know, I'm not All the right. best player. I think I needed to start going heavy on certain yeah. individuals. Um, I did win on the Who's Gonna Show with Michael Matthews. Um, But yeah, how did you do Spencer? Those are
1: pity bets and I'm surprised they paid off, but I'm happy that they paid off for you. Um, uh, There with the Michael Matthews to show, I, I got to tell you, I went um, on Twitter. I said, there's no way that uh, (laughs) Peter Sagan does not win this race. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was bold. You were very confident.
1: I was very confident. And you know, like he's been riding very under the radar, but, pretty well, and um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was typical Peter Sagan to be like, "Ah, I don't care about Strada, I don't care about whatever, but San Remo, I do care about, you know? That was was my thinking, but on roller derby, I did not have that same thinking, so you guys, uh, I did a little worse. I went heavy, Mm -hmm. and I still... I can see where my logic was faulty, but I still... (laughs) Think I had a good enough reason to place all of my money on Greg Van Avermaet to win this race.
0: I don't know, man. Is there ever a reason to put money on put it on to show not to win? Yeah,
1: Spencer, had <laughs> he a was, solid he eighth had, place. He had the uh, the sweet spot in the odds for sure. And yeah, yeah, I know he had kind of a he had a rough end to Strada Bianca, but he was there. You know he's, what I mean, and nobody else was. Here's the so thing, though, I was like, he, "He's got he's got the uh, the veteran experience over a rookie. Yeah. Wout. yeah, um, but here's who the will thing. we'll never pull this off," is what I thought. So
2: there you go, Spencer. My only fear with that logic is that GVA already has a contract for next year. So uh-huh. if he was not with a contract, then but normally Milan Remo would have been the race for him because he wouldn't be with a contract. It's just the the way the calendar works this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that the the logic can be a little sound there. I just want to give a shout out that I did win the how many hands would the winner of Milan San Remo have on their handlebars bet. I bet two.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I also uh, won the classic will Milan San Remo end in a bunch sprint. And I did not win the first over the Poggio. I was nowhere close. Wisdom of the Crowds Mm -hmm. was correct there on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. They had Quick Step top over that. They also had Wout Van Aert being uh top odds for the win so that's pretty cool to see um i do want to give a shout out speaking of movistar to america's own mateo jorgensen who got 17th just one spot out of 16th place that is two oh. classics in a row with a relatively solid mm-hmm. american finish brook uh, brent brookbalter yeah. the the. yeah wow imagine that i got that pronunciation wrong Walter taking uh, 10th place, I believe, in uh, Strada. And then we had uh, Jorgensen in 17th at Milan San Remo. Right behind our
1: our friend of the pod, Davide Formolo uh, of UAE in 16th place.
0: That's right. Do you guys worry that we're getting spoiled by non-Sprint actually exciting San Ramos? And at some point, it's going to revert back to the drudgery of the first... 15 years or so of our cycling because I, for, for the majority of our cycling fandom, we hoped every year for this kind of race uh, yeah, or last year's point. or yeah, the year before where we'd get a breakaway of two or three big name guys who you think they can't hold off the sprinters and it would never happen. And now we're, we're back to back to back. We're getting these amazing you, uh, wins every year.
1: It's that's a good I, point. Mm, Do you think but that look at these results? You go all the way back down to 25th place, uh, all within two seconds, all within that bunch. Yeah, and, but you and got the say, breakaway
0: over the, over the hill. That, that's that, what I'm that saying. Made it.
1: Like, milan Sanremo is the best of both worlds. But look at the people oh, no, that are true.
2: listed in that, low spencer Like, that's what's so amazing about it, right? Is you have the bunch sprinters, the mm-hmm. Michael Matthews almost win, but then you also have the... The classic specialist, and then every and then you always throw in a Nabali who could win a grand tour. Oh, well,
1: and uh, Poker Car is up there in 12th oh, place. Oh, Poker Car, oh, even
2: great shout who, out right there.
1: Who crushed Damar, who came in in 24th.
2: So, yeah, bigger question Philippe Gilbert. Yeah, a solid ninth place for an older rider going for the career monument sweep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Here's you the know, question though. What I was getting a little frustrated when they were talking about Caleb Ewing being the team leader there. I was like, there's no way Philippe Chabert is going who yeah. has the opportunity to be one of five <laughs> riders ever to win yeah. all five classic or monuments. Yeah. Is he gonna work for Caleb Ewing? Like that would be yeah. great for Caleb Ewing to win, but I was like, Chabert better be free agenting this thing um and paying out the you know
1: Yeah, the, I'm gonna tell you right now that I definitely had a good amount of points on <laughs> Philip Gilbert just on the Lark. Like, I was like, if there is one guy that I know for sure will turn himself absolutely inside out to win this race, it's Philip Gilbert. So I put, uh, I think I put a good couple hundred points on him in, in roller derby just, uh, you know, insurance points.
2: So, what wasn't on roller derby, but should have been, is will rim brakes win Milan Sanremo? <laughs> yes. Guys, how about this? bianchi two in a row bianchi going out of the pro tour next year possibly Mm -hmm. because they're not really into rim brakes or something i don't know do they even make a rim brake bike probably but the point is yeah probably they're not even going to be in the pro tour next year they're getting the most bang for your buck final year of a contract oh yeah with winning like and it's a very you're right we have not been watching bike racing for four months Think of the Mm. ratings that these races are happening with Wout van Aert winning and having the beautiful Celeste of Bianchi on your screen with taking Mm. the victory. And it's rim brakes. It just feels awesome.
0: Well, I'll I'll raise you the weirdness is that in like Tour de la Anne and all these other GC races, we're just having these Aníos lotto battles. And what is that? That's a battle between rim brakes. The two like the two teams running rim brakes are on weird old Italian brands that can't get with the times, mm-hmm. and they're the big GC teams. Like obviously Remco has been winning stuff on discs and GC battles, but like other than that, if you want to be a GC team, you got to ride rim brakes. Is what they I'm what I'm learning.
1: Yeah, well, yeah it's
0: all about the grams, which I is mean, weird because the weight limit's the same for everybody. So I no, mean, just no, it's
1: all it's, about the grams. So it's
2: got to be way easier to do a a, a wheel change. Here's my question. You well, guys are yeah. more experts on this. The neutral well, support, neutral support <laughs> folks out there. The, I'm the, thinking
1: the, that's why the the rim brakes are going away, Tim,
2: because <laughs> neutral support
1: doesn't want to carry
2: two kinds of wheels. Well, that's my question. What are they carrying on the moto on the motorcycle? They got four pairs of wheels. They got like a are any of these guys on rim brake campy?
0: Uh, uh, no, no, they're both on Shimano.
2: They're both on Shimano. Right? So you've only got Shimano rim brakes, and then they have to carry campy. Discs for the road, right? I don't. So, so they've got six I wheels on each motorcycle. Sort of <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know how. Yeah, they I even think do if you it. get a neutral wheel, you're just getting whatever they give you, and they don't care. The brake doesn't and, work. Yeah, you know, as as me and little guy both probably know. You can just jam whatever cassette you want in there, and, and it'll it'll work okay.
0: Until, no. until the real
2: mechanic catches up to you?
0: No. Yeah. It works fine. The The myths of the Campy and the Shimano cassettes not working together is is completely overblown. It, it works It could just have fine.
1: been, yeah, back when there was seven and eight speeds, and the gaps between them were real big. Nowadays, you got 11, 12, whatever. You know, all it has to do is move the chain a little bit, and it's going, it's going to be fine. Yeah.
0: So little. Did he lose one gear?
2: Sad. What? Besides the rim brakes and the Bianchi bike, and Wout Van Aert taking it to Matthew Vanderpool once again. Just want to give a quick <laughs> shout out there
0: on that. Oh man!
2: Um, although I got to admit, I was a little little sad. I, I really wanted Matthew Vanderpool to win because I dug down deep into the movie gifs on uh, Twitter yeah. to really bring out uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just camoing oh, no. up with the grease paint from uh, Predator. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Matthew not Vanderpool just in the Peloton. Yet,
0: but yeah, yeah, he he. I mean, let's not let's not put him out to pasture yet. Vanderpool will have his revenge if we know anything about watching all this Vanderpool. There is there is quite possibly a Flanders roubaix double in the future, <laughs> you know. So,
1: well, you know, all this talk about Vanderpool uh, gonna win everything and Vanderpool hype train and all this stuff, and I feel like a lot of people are, you know, trying to figure out. What to do with themselves this spring when uh, when Matthew is not bringing the heat? But I got to tell you guys, there is a Vanderpool who has been bringing the heat uh, for That's the last true. few weeks, winning a ton of races, and that is good call. Little known rider David Vanderpool. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you for calling that out. I'm, I'm glad. I'm. I feel. I feel embarrassed that I didn't get that on the agenda before you, Spencer. I really. <laughs>
1: I'm, He's been I absolutely like... crushing it, albeit at maybe B level races. But a win is a hey, win, and a uh, win is
0: a win. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The rest of that team has been crushing it at some smaller Belgian oh, races. Man. It's nice to see David back because he kind of David had a Vanderpool rough season last year. The yeah. Dom, the
2: Dom DiMaggio of bike racing. Um, well, so great.
0: This means eventually we get our we get our road racing version of basically watching every cycle cross race, which is you you. You have the fast brother and the slower brother. And it's mm-hmm. not like the slower brother's slow. He's the tenth fastest guy in the world, but we can we can get that with we can have our Sogans and our Vanderpools and whatnot. Right, so let know, me, it's it's nice yeah. to see.
2: Let me try this other Easter egg. Oh. David Vanderpool, the Mike Maddox of bike racing. <laughs> no. It's a nice little right, Easter well, egg. I don't
1: know if that one hit. Yeah.
2: No. That's that's two baseball well, you know, if- little brothers that just uh, oh never mind. All right.
0: <laughs> if if all the people out there like uh watching their cyclocross stars uh do road races, you're going to have a lot of little Belgian races coming up in the next couple of weeks where like the Telenet boys are riding the and the Wanty and team and Alpecin's riding riding. Yeah, so you'll get like okay. the Tour de Wallone Wallon is coming up this week. I'm not going to do oh. a preview video so about you, this, but you're going to yeah. have all your favorite cyclocross riders racing on the road go check yep. it out
1: so and here, here's where i have an issue actually um i want not i want to see if you guys are having the same issue is um you know it was great strata came back and it was great it was like the floodgates burst open all this pent-up energy i've had inside me of, of passion for bike racing that i just haven't had anywhere to put it it all got to come out and strata bianca was beautiful and was a wonderful race and it was great to see and then we get Milan San Remo, which is always close to the heart and like again just fantastic great racing and um and now we have like every single day basically for the next 3 months we have bike racing and we're only like two monuments in or you know it's, major classics i guess um yeah. oh I, I might be i might be burnt out already you guys like uh i need not, to take a break and, not, like uh,
0: yeah, it is a not lot. not shocked by this. There's a six lot day, <laughs> going on.
2: Six days from now as we have Lombardia, um, this could be, yeah. I mean, Wout can just go for two, uh, two uh, monuments within a week, right? Wout
0: is not riding ah. Lombardy. He's going to ride the Dauphine. So, ah. I mean, that, that goes to Spencer's point. We have Piedmont on Wednesday. We have uh, Tour de Wallone going on in in, in in Belgium. We have Criterium de Dauphine starting on Wednesday, and we have Lombardy next weekend. <laughs>
2: oh, speaking of Tour no, That's of not Lomb- even
0: talking about second-level second second, second level S- races. Yeah. Speaking
2: yeah. of Lombardy, has anybody checked in to see how Bauke Malima is doing? Is he doing Balke all right?
0: Bauke Malima, it, he's on <laughs> fine form. He finished... He finished like tenth on one of the Tour de Tour de la f- Lieue finishes. Up there. He He's up there. he broke his cleat in stage two. Um, he definitely he put in the like dig for the line and then immediately looked down and couldn't get his foot clipped in and then did a bunch of cursing. And I'm assuming from other Bocke videos said said and Shram a few times and then rolled across the line like. Okay, so,
2: so so six days out. Who do you guys got, Nibali or or Molima to take the victory here?
0: Oh, I hope it's one of those like hand in hand things, but I would I would say <laughs> Nibali's probably got it. I I hope it's like a map based really? sort of situation.
1: I'm gonna go yeah. Bache on this one.
0: Like like who? He's in better form, I think. I think you're right,
2: Spencer. You also have T- uh, Pino. Is there? He's also won it.
0: Well, so no, this is a funny fact, Tim, because I have been. St- I have been looking at start lists non-stop to do my to do my little videos and I'm pretty sure Pino is both on the start list for Lombardy and the start list for the Dauphine um, which <laughs> would overlap with each other. Now, this is a side note from 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 what Spencer is saying about there being an insane amount of racing right now is that the start lists are basically like, I feel like teams have no idea who's actually doing the races. And so oh, yeah. a lot of times you'll have like three races on the same day and you'll look and the start list. will just all have their best riders in every race. And it's like, they're just, they're faking. Like they're trying to psych out other teams. I feel like, like they just write Pino down on every race and it's like, yeah, Pino's going to be here. And then well, you the, they show up to the race and you're like, Oh, that's all. Uh, that's all you 23 riders. They just called up.
1: I'm just going you know, to point out really quick that uh, looking at the start list of uh, Lombardia on the movie star team, they do have listed one Carlos Bettencourt. I do yeah. not know if he has caught a flight yet uh, from his missed <laughs> flight from <laughs> Colombia, but I think he, I think he has. <laughs> this would lead me to believe that maybe he has. And I am, yeah. I am very curious to see what sort of form the gummy bear is in.
0: Well, guys, I, I would say Evan po- uh, Remco is. I mean, there's no way to look past Remco winning Lombardy. He went I'm on a, gonna... like a 51k sure solo jaunt. Sure. You, you know you know, mean, know who was there. Holland.
2: You know who was there across the Scarponi Bridge, looking Memorial Bridge, looking really good yeah. at uh, MSR yeah. Nibali, who's currently at 19 to one on roller derby. So
0: yeah, already He's... put. I'm, I'm just saying Remco has won, what, four stage races this year, and he went on a 50-some K solo but ride. Did he to win Tour of G-C. Poland? Yes, he did win Tour of Poland. Yeah, so he so he put it all out there.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: no, with that, please. please, please. I,
2: please. <laughs> Guys, I think we need to go actually to the start line of Lombardi. So let's talk to a friend of the podcast and our reporter deep inside the Peloton, Michael Matthews, to get... On record, who he thinks is going to win the third monument of the year. My
1: name is Matthew Venerpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All
2: right, guys, here we are in the middle of the pre-lap once again. Quick shout-outs to all the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to Wide Angle Podium to see the variety of shows that we have. Very easy for you to click. Check out what shows they are. Great app. We're on Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Rate and review. Tell your friends about whatever it is you want to talk about and listen to. (laughs) But little guy, you're on the docket this week. What is a Wide Angle Podium podcast that you checked
0: out? Tim, I'll admit... Right as you said it, it's like I'm in a record store, a bookstore. I forgot the name. I listened to your new – it's in the rough draft section. I listened to your your brand new minor league baseball podcast. I love the names, and I will admit I love the fact that I got a shout-out in the show. That that really sealed the deal for me while I was listening to it is that I got a shout-out.
2: So in the parts bin, I did the Into the Rabbit Hole now
0: Into the rabbit
2: hole. I just got to say, I don't know if this is going to always be a minor league baseball podcast. I'm not that knowledgeable as the folks that joined me on there, Travis and Taylor, friends of the pod yeah. and from the uh, Crosshairs radio family. But I must say that all of those team names were so a lot good. of fun. The Lansing Lugnuts, amazing. <laughs>
0: Which the, one's the like, uh, it was like the, 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 the rail rats or something? The
2: Rocket City Trash Pandas, the, the, the baseball Rocket team City from Trash Huntsville, Alabama. There was,
0: yeah. I, I just feel like cycling teams are leaving a lot of merchandising options on the table by not having goofier names. We know the Wolfpack exists, but that just feels to me, it just so, feels like. The Wolfpack
2: Pat seemed kind of like, I, I mean, yeah, they're trying to market it. I think the Legion of LA is trying to go here, um, with, right, the, the regional specific team names. I kinda like that the Wolf Pack is trying it. We have the the tele, Telenet Fidea Lions.
0: But mm-hmm. But Lions are cool. Like I wanna I wanna root for like a lazy <laughs> badger or something. Like yeah. I don't like Lions and Wolves are obviously strong. I'm more into the teams that are like like the, 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 Bingham, the Binghamton
2: Lim- Rumble ponies was a was a good yes. one? Yes.
0: Yeah. Like I wanna have that. I wanna have like like the the Saskatchewan sleepy squirrels or I'm making up teams. Obviously these are. <laughs> wow. <pretty> <laughs>
2: <teams>. <laughs> wow. You, would, you wouldn't have thought. Um, yeah. Like, you know, there's the no. Jacksonville jumbo shrimp. I mean, I, maybe I just made that up. I don't know. You're going to have to listen to yeah the parts bin and check out into the rabbit yeah. hole. Um, thanks for the shout the out little guy. Um, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get going on that. So anyways, also, If you go to the Wide Angle Podium Network, go to wideanglepodium.com slash shop for your opportunity to purchase our very own Slow Ride Podcast t-shirts. We are seeing them sent to us from all over the world. We have been getting some uh, photos of Anza, the anamorphic pedal. We have uh, Spencer's sweet Slow Ride shirt and my one-of-a-kind Pete Hollihan woodcut campy derailleur Slow Ride Podcast shirt all three looking good. You can still purchase some shout out to everyone that pre-purchased. Yes. And we Thank will get you. those Thank out you. to you right Thank away. You. Spencer, who else do we have supporting the podcast and network this week?
1: As always, we have a great supporter in Grimper brothers coffee. Um, if you have not tried Grimper, uh, coffee, you are missing out. Um, Get yourself some beans. We've got two specific blends uh, that support the network directly. Um, So that way you can uh, uh, get yourself some coffee and feel good about it. Um, We have the Hello Cycle Cross Friends uh, blend, which is an espresso blend or dark roast. And then we have the Viewer Mail blend, uh, which is a lighter roast. And both of them are going to be delicious in your Mr. Coffee and it's it's just a great, easy win-win way for you to support what we're doing over here. Yeah.
0: That's right. And if you're going to be watching all this bike racing, you're going to need coffee. These races start early. And little guy,
2: if you're El yeah. Ray, a former bartender at Sluggo's in Pensacola, Florida, and you just okay. bought yourself some viewer mail, what is some advice that you can give him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you say it, I can't do it. Don't be a skimper, serve them grimper. And
2: with that, you can head to WideAnglePodium.com <laughs> slash coffee to get your very own Grimper Brothers <laughs> <laughs> coffee to support the network. And finally, quick shout-out for everybody. Yeah, that's it. Go to BucklerSkinCare.com and get your very own Miracle Wap Shammy Cream, the freshest, best chamois cream you can get. I'm actually ordering another tub tomorrow because I've just been – bathing in it it makes it, it just feels so good check it out go to bucklerskincare.com the miracle is the tingle <laughs> and get your very own miracle wap chamois cream folks <laughs> let's get back to the show
0: this is l red bartender at slogos who's this steven hyde character you're listening to the slow ride podcast <laughs>
2: Oh, man, what a wonderful week of bike racing is here. Little guy has a wonderful conspiracy theory to share later about injuries in cycling. He also is going to talk about rain, apparently. But first, we do need to get to some (laughs) of the emails that we have, and we have a fair amount. So with that in mind, I just want to give a quick shout out to friend of the podcast, um, Michael Stone from the UK, who has reached out to us. And it was great to hear from you, Michael, Uh, who got a horrible crash. He's been in the the hospital, much like Chris Froome when he broke all of his bones. And now Michael is on the Turbo Miles. Now, little guy, we were talking earlier about injuries. And Michael, clearly, spending a lot of time on the trainer, he's having weird thoughts Mm -hmm. about Dan Craven being the bearded Europe car rider. But for some reason, he thought for a while that that was uh, Gregory Roy. Nope, wrong bearded rider. No. So here's That's the question. That. What can you say to Michael
0: about injuries in cycling? Well, my ongoing theory, Michael, is that riders who get injured come back the next year and completely crush it. And I think Wout is proving me right. And I still think Froome has a chance too. I think he's been sneaky with the form, <laughs> so I think you got it. Oh, Tim couldn't. Tim couldn't. Yeah, t- yeah, Tim couldn't no. take that one. My, t- t- I, I'm going to t- 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 stand t- up for Mike. I, I know you're here. in the UK and you want to. You want to believe in Froome, and I'm, I'm holding out for you. But I'm also believing in you. Uh,
1: I just
0: like. <laughs> I, you don't you, believe in Froome? No, you this is a, a separate us. thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think
0: Froome's gonna come back. I don't think necessarily this year for okay. sure, because, but I d- think he's gonna have good form. Maybe
2: we haven't really addressed. This. Let's let's get into it now. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm <laughs> oh, gonna...
1: good, <laughs> excellent. Right. Ready for this?
2: <laughs> you think for a second that David David's Brailsford is gonna let David's Brailsford, whatever his name is, <laughs> yeah. Mar- Mr. Marginal Gates is going to let, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: is going come to down. let <laughs> a future Tour de France winner. Off his team. This guy's yeah. entire existence is to please the guy who's renamed their team the Grenadier for the single track creation ecosystem destroyer from Ineos. <laughs> <laughs> that all that guy cares about clearly is winning. Yeah. And yeah. all of his money from the tax shelter in mm-hmm. Gurney or whatever, <laughs> British offshore, he lives. <laughs> you think... <laughs> Mr. Marginal Gates is going to let a British rider leave his team (laughs) to go to another team to win the Tour de France.
0: I, yeah, well, I don't know. That's a good point. You make a good point. I, <laughs> I just sort of, I believe Froome's got it. He signed a pretty long contract with the Israeli Start Nation, so I think he believes he can get back. and I think Oh, no, well, no, oh,
2: no, 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 no. See, that's why he signed a really long contract. This is what you call, <laughs> this is what you call when you have one year left in your free agency and you need yeah. to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: and Tim, there's, the contract works two ways, right? So Israeli Cycling Academy, they're shooting their shot this year. Uh, Oh right? yeah! Like no, they yeah. are shooting their shot, and if it doesn't pan out, poof, that team is gone. Not, they don't <laughs> need to. They don't need to worry about that contract anymore. But you know, if it pans out and Vroom can win some some tours and stuff, then they're they're sweet. I mean, they're set. You know, I, it's a it's a good deal for everyone.
2: I had a really bad injury. I don't know if you guys remember when I had my stroke, and uh, mm. I actually signed a contract for the next year with Aqua Blue. And I was really <laughs> going to come back strong. <laughs> and unfortunately, Aqua Blue no longer exists. So I just couldn't cash in my contract. So, two-way story well, like Spencer's getting at.
0: So, Tim, you joke, but you just won our Everstein Challenge. You, you, the one of uh-huh. us who had a stroke a few years ago, just crushed me and Spencer who have, I believe, zero <laughs> health problems to complete. To, to, to I just like make this a thing about you know and like you, you
1: I, you, I just was also I've, I've 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 got uh, a- asthma I definitely have a two U E yeah, for yeah.
0: it um, oh no I know I, I know and I stubbed my toe three years ago I just want to say little guy I mean, and I what, got
1: this thing where I need EPO all the time I, I don't know what it's <laughs> yeah. called. I thought you had like a, a, a
0: you yes. had a brunch addiction, and that was yeah. the main problem.
1: I do have a brunch addiction too, which that's a problem. <laughs> so I just want to say,
2: little guy in the green room, I was 100 percent behind your theory of coming back no, from no, injuries no. because look at in look the at green Walt. room you did not mention Chris Froome, so that was a yeah. great opportunity, <laughs> and you derailed it by mentioning Chris Froome.
0: Well, I'm I'm just saying, look at Wout. Um, I can't think of anybody out now, but I feel like every time a GC ride, like Bargale. Warren Bargill a few years ago, that year that he had his best tour and he won the polka dot Jersey and he finished like 10th or whatever was the year that he broke his like pelvis like a month before the tour. He came in, he's flying at the tour the next year. He has no health problems. He trains too much. He shows up. He's, he's not doing good. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Somebody has to hurt Bargill a month or two before the tour. It's the only way you got to put banana peels all over his driveway. I don't know but that's the only way to get a fast card keel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, we'll just, uh, we'll just leave that one there. little guy. Let's, uh, th- thanks for the email, Michael. Sorry to ruin everything. Quick shout out okay. to all the folks that commented on our Instagram for Patrick's, uh, do it yourself. Primalware wear kit. We got lots of great comments, yeah. lots of people saying that it should be written and then framed. Um, and people wondering why that just that, that coloring isn't just permanent in the Primal wear store. Yeah. um i would never be caught down yeah. wearing that i'm just gonna say that but
0: anyway oh i'd wear that in a heartbeat yeah they, that's primal wear should be picking that up they're they're fools if they're not
2: okay that's yep um <clears throat> let's move right on <laughs> uh to a great email we got from simon who says wigo fa- fashion and this is a screen grab from a brad wiggins instagram post dear slow Ride, i figure you guys must have already seen this but can you please just Let us know what you think of Wiggins' new retirement look. Is Brad Wiggins the new Taylor Finney? I just don't know what to think anymore. Currently working my way backward through the archives and loving the 2018 tour coverage. Well, thanks, (laughs) uh, Simon. Uh, So in this picture, we have a close-cut beard, which looks very strong on Brad Wiggins. And then we have the sun's sun's out, guns out um, British national Motorola champ jersey with the sleeves cut off. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the verdict on Wigo going sleeves uh, sleeveless homemade sleeveless jersey? It should be noted. I would say it, sleeveless jerseys yeah. you purchase. I, eh, you know, we, we can have a conversation about that when it's when it's cut off like that. I kind of I kind of dig the look.
0: Well, it definitely look, he's pretty pasty, so it looks like maybe the first time he's ever done the whole suns out guns out thing before. But you know, otherwise it's it, all right.
1: There's so much going on here that I I just don't know where to start. Right, like. So you got the sleeveless jersey, sure. Like you can argue one way or the other: fashion disaster, super cool, pro move, whatever. But why you got sleeveless jersey when you got leg warmers on? Now Ooh, yeah. is your top half too hot, but your bottom <laughs> half was too cold? Because you might think, oh well, that Spencer that makes perfect sense. His bottom half was too cold, and his top half was too hot. But look closer; he's got no socks. So his bottom half is not too cold after all. And now you're saying, Spencer, no, his feet Maybe. were too hot. The rest of his bottom half was you know, too cold, but the top half was too hot as well. He's hot wait. on the ends and cold in the middle, Spencer. This is, this That's is, what's going on. This is really strange. It, it, it looks a little like um,
2: how the, the NBA basketball player fashion is right now, where there's a lot of the, the tights on one leg mm-hmm. or like the, uh-huh. the warmers, on like a sleeve on one arm. Um, yeah, Spencer, this is a really good point. Here's my question Does uh-huh. he have arm warmers that in the stowed in the back <laughs> pocket and then only his no, only the pole, the only the poles of his body were, were cold, the, the 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 ankles and the shoulders?
1: Yeah, he might actually have the uh primal wear tattoo, uh faux tattoo arm warmers on that could the, be the tattoo sleeves. Here, yeah, that's yeah.
2: a that's a very, very good mm-hmm. point.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Daly hits us up. Dirty sprint, yeah,
2: probably. But what about the UCI safety systems? So we were kind of just uh, banking this one. But I just watched a replay of the Tour of Poland Stage One crash with Fabio Jakobsen and Dylan Groenewegen. Uh, shout out to Fabio Jakobsen for uh, getting ready and getting uh, healthy as soon as possible, and Dylan Gronawagen being, I believe, banned from the race. Kind of the what you assumed was going to happen from the UCI because of you know what they did to Sagan and his elbow. Um, So the question here clearly is, yes, dirty sprint. I think we all agree that it could have been done better. I don't think for a second that Grunewagen should be rung up for like attempted murder for the way that those barriers completely exploded on impact. The UCI is much more to blame here, I would say. Like, yes, it was a dirty sprint coming off the line, but we have seen that countless times. In bike racing, like regardless if you think it was really bad, poor or whatever, like we've seen this kind of crash happen before. I have never seen rider hit a barrier that has exploded in such a way and then hit that gap where the official comes in and out in such a manner. And that is just shocking. It was one of the worst crashes I've ever seen. So, yeah, yeah, let's 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 distribute the pie here on the the blame, the blame pie.
1: I'm ready. I'm here.
2: Spencer, what yep. percentage of blame does UCI get for oh, this? Starting
1: with the big piece,
2: <laughs> definitely go a big piece because then we gotta know okay. how much to distribute out.
1: Man, I thought we were starting with the easy stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, so well, who are our who are our parties here? Uh, so our par- we have we have Grown Wagon, we have the UCI, we have the Tour of Poland. Yes. Do we have anyone else?
2: Uh, well, I think Wagon Jakobsen, Poland, and UCI. So I I think there's four four, parties that are going to get some of this pie.
1: So easy. 25 each.
2: Wow. No,
1: no, no, no. I'm kidding. Come on. I'm kidding.
2: this Um, It's like a no fault state like Minnesota, where if you get even even if you're driving, you get rear ended. It's your fault. All right.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to do it like this. This is how I will do it. I'll, I'll actually, I'll keep those quarter uh, pieces of pie. And I'm going to give one quarter to Grownwagon, one quarter to the UCI, and the other two pieces, fifty percent to Tour Poland for those barriers.
2: Okay, um, little guy, how would you distribute the pie? This this big, big, tasty um, serving of blame pie.
0: I'd give a little more to the UCI and give less to Gronowegen because uh, it's definitely he came over in the sprint and whatever. But I mean, I feel like we've seen his sprints so ten times dirtier than that, about a hundred times that have resulted in no so, dramatic crashes and and. Right. and and nothing happens. And, like, and nothing happens. You you don't even see a relegation half the time. So Yeah. the,
1: the, the sprint is dirty because someone crashed. Like yeah. or is the sprint dirty because it's dirty? Like I don't think I don't think there's any universe in which Gronwegan was trying to cause a crash, let alone cause that crash. You know what I mean? Well, but no, he definitely I mean, was shutting the door. You know, like a hundred percent. I mean that's
0: what you do, like eh, yeah. If you're a sprinter, you sprint not right on the barriers. You sprint with just enough room so that they think they might be able to get through. And then you yeah. shut And the then door. you try to subtly shut the door. And, like, it's, yeah. that's what you do. And it's, I mean, it's so, part of the game. Yes, it results in crashes sometimes. But, like, I mean, here's the like you yep. say has banned that. act. I don't know. It
2: just so we are, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I know most of our listeners are assuming that I'm going to find a way to distribute some of Blame Pie to Jakobsen. Absolutely none. This is not his fault. He went oh, no, for Gap those are Um, Grona Wagon, I'd say, I'm kind of with you guys, I'd say maybe like 15%. And then I would give more to the UCI. And here's why. Tour of Poland definitely deserves a fair amount, probably even with UCI for all of it. But the UCI still is a governing body, needs to approve. And if they're requiring all of their commissaires to walk the course, and here's yep. and here's why UCI deserves a lot more. Look at how Wout Van Aert was taken out by a barrier at the Tour de France with the barrier legs coming out. Where mm-hmm. is the universal approval of what the final barriers need to look like on the inside of terms and all of this? Like some of these barriers that we even see here in the U.S. with criterium, like like this is the UCI's responsibility to mandate what the finishing mm-hmm. stretch is for when these guys are putting their lives on the line. We see it. Um, and it, it, that is what's so frustrating to me is that the UCI yep. I think needs to take a bigger, hardier piece of this pie. And this is a nasty. Yeah. This is one of the worst pies I've ever seen. This is this oh, is flame sure. pie.
1: And what's what's wild to me is that the UCI will do all kinds of crazy things like charge frame builders money for a UCI approved sticker to be on the frame. Yes. To use it in a, in a pro tour race, but they. They for some reason have not gotten in the barrier business. Like they could just be manufacturing <laughs> barriers and selling them to races, or renting them to races or whatever, and it could be a huge cash cow. But I think they're just too lazy or they don't so, care about safety enough to to do I that. Mean,
2: the more I think yeah. about this, Spencer, I think we need to distribute even less to Tour of Poland because they, if the if the course I mean, if they, the course has been they're approved, the ones who
1: cut the corners though and yeah. got whatever cheapo barriers they got. But like, that's but they them. were approved by the UCI
2: and here here's where I'm most frustrated about this whole thing is that the conversation so quickly went to Gronenwagen. so quickly went to him the UCI did the classic just just brush that off and just put it on the rider yeah and to me this is this is why the riders need to become a true unit together is that they shouldn't even have started stage two they should have sat there when they had all the power like the college athletes are doing right now across the country, stopping college football from happening to stand there and say, where is our safety? Yes. gronenwagen deviated from the sprint. He got his sure. punishment. Barrier should not explode in such a manner that it puts someone on the, the edge of death. And that yeah. is on the UCI.
0: hundred percent. Yes.
2: Let's go to some lighter things, guys. Um, Friend of the pod, Kevin Dolan, hits us up with a little bit of car talk saying that he ticks all the boxes for a master racer, including a USA Cycling decal on the left side of his Subaru Outback with a Kuat rack. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yep. So, nice to see. Here's my question to you guys. Should I, I am now in the market possibly for a car, should I get a Subaru Outback?
1: In Florida, yeah.
0: I don't know, man. I don't understand why in Florida you don't everything's not a convertible. Come on,
1: <laughs> so um, why do you guys yeah. have
0: roofs down there? I don't understand
1: <laughs> i forgot I forgot about the Florida aspect. I think Tim, you might need a mini Cooper.
2: I had a mini Cooper, as you remember, but it's they're they're tough with kids,
0: um, yeah,
1: you get the this minivan is- for the kids. <laughs> They make a minivan, right?
0: Down. That has like a has like a giant moonroof. I'm assuming that opens, That's so you can sort of feel like you have the t tops, but you, you know,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll get you guys back on the Outback Talk, dear Slow Ride Podcast, longtime listener, second time writer, Robert Kelly, seeking advice or the appropriate penance for sins committed in my younger, more venerable years. I listened to the discussion you recently yeah. had regarding car ownership, specifically those who own a Pontiac Grand Am. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And mind you, this is Robert Kelly of No Training Wheels podcast on the network. Mm -hmm. One of the best additions we have to the network. So
1: I'm I'm afraid of what I'm about to learn about Rob.
2: I'm very, yeah. Specifically for those who own a Pontiac Grand Am. I did not realize it until then that the drivers of said cars were the ones most likely to cause havoc for bike riders. What was disturbing to me was that from 98 to 2008, I owned a Pontiac Grand Am. Pictured below, catch this, guys, on on the actual beach at Daytona Beach. You cannot get a more Pontiac Grand Am city than Daytona Beach, let alone driving it on the beach.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Worse yet, this was the vehicle that had the offending vanity license plates I mentioned on the gravel lot. Now his his uh, his vanity license plate was backstroker from tennis i believe or maybe it was swimming i think it was tennis yeah, He's you, a tennis athlete
0: you um, can't put all that explanation on there it's a little creepy
2: <laughs> i understand these transgressions cannot be excused even if i tell people that at the time i was not a bike rider that now <laughs> i do ride bikes own an electric motorcycle and a prius that i religiously wave <laughs> at other riders and have stopped to move turtles from travel lanes to the nearby grass or that i once uh, caught and carried a fawn across the road after it had been separated from its mother and was scared trapped and alone even if all who is this guy like <laughs> not a pontiac driver even if all no. these things are true he says i need to make amends to my community of bike racers because what i did was wrong but alas, I am lost <laughs> in how to do that appropriately. Therefore, I turn to you for your wisdom and guidance, how I can truly apologize for my youthful indiscretion of owning a Pontiac Grand Am.
1: Uh, I mean, uh,
0: don't beat I, yourself up too much. It sounds like you're doing it. It yeah. sounds like you're doing a good job at it. I think he's doing you a good job. You definitely got the, uh, the, born again, the born again spirit here. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. He's he's going all out. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Rob, just continue continuing on with what you're doing. Yeah, um, seven
0: more turtles as penance. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: it's, it's, seven turtles, maybe one more fawn. That's gonna be a tough uh, one. And uh, I, I'm I'm curious if he has gone with um, uh, any vanity plates on the Prius that could, uh, you know, make up uh, like maybe tree hugger something like that, mm-hmm. like or eye break for bikeless
2: cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? I am curious as to what the. So he said he owned a Pontiac. Trans Am to 2008, I believe. Yeah. Okay, and then he had a Prius. I think Priuses uh, came out in 2007, so did he make like a first-generation Prius, or was there a little bit of a gap year there? I need to know what the transitional car was to really make the decision. If it was a Dodge... Uh,
1: I then was if, just going to say, there's a 100% chance it was a if Dodge. If it's a
2: Dodge, which is the new Pontiac, then we may have you know more pennants to have. But uh, Rob, thank you so much for the email. Um, we appreciate that, and that leads us to Ian Kelly, who hits us up with advice needed. Hello, Team Slow Ride. I'm riding on the eve of Milan-San Remo after having just watched another fantastic episode of little previews of big bike races by our very own little guy, Matt Allen. Little guy, by the way, those videos on the yeah. Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel are fantastic. Like about- Thank you. Uh, so make sure you check them out. Just head to a wide-angle podium on YouTube. And uh, make sure you uh, rate and subscribe. But they've been great. I'm excited mm, to spend a more. few hours tomorrow sitting on my couch waiting for the bunch sprint be- between Ineos, Barine Merida, and Total Direct Energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching yeah, this race <laughs> as, <laughs> as I watch nearly every bike race alone. <laughs> I'll be watching, every, watching this race as I watch every bike race alone, which is why I'm riding today. How can I turn my friends who ride bikes into friends who watch bike racing and hopefully start listening to your podcast too? Most of these friendships predate us riding together thanks to my fuel, foolproof plan of turning regular people into bike riders. Step one, uh. lend, them a bu- lend them a bike. Step two, take them mountain biking. Step three, drop them on the climbs to convince them to get a road bike to become fit. That's usually all it takes. Nice. The most recent successful case is my neighbor who started riding trails on his hybrid in March and just bought a nicer mountain bike than I have. Despite giving animated <laughs> and detailed race, re, race recaps, sending around links to videos of Wow and Matthew Vanderpool doing something superhuman, or even hosting watch parties for Crossnats, I have been unsuccessful at transforming their love of bikes into a love for bike racing. Should I have them watch great races of the past, share my Flow Bikes login, set up our own roller derby competition. I feel like this is something you've discussed in the past, but with the rise of people riding bikes during the pandemic and with the compressed 2020 racing calendar, I think the time is right to revisit the topic and develop a surefire plan to create more bike racing and slow ride podcast fans. Thanks as always Mm. for your wit and wisdom. Ian.
1: This is good. There's a lot in Mm -hmm. here. And I I really like... He's spot on with the, uh, turning regular people into bike riders. That is the way to do it. That is the best way. Um, because you know, if you just try to get a bike and then make friends who already are bike racers, it's not going to happen until <laughs> so you're at least a cat too. Like yeah. then no, then people start paying attention to you. But then at that point you can't pay attention to them back because the rules, you know, like you know how it goes. Um, what I do like here, though, what I think I he think hit on the answer is set up your own roller derby competition, because everything has to be a competition, <laughs> and if, if they're not racing bikes, or they don't want to, or there's no amateur racing happening, you need to be able to fight for bragging rights with them, and I think roller derby might be the best way to do it, because then they'll have to sort of pay attention to the race somehow to see if they won. That's good. I like that. It's I good. like
2: the more over the top. I think what you need to do is you need to go to the Best Buy, buy one of those projectors, like the the mini projectors, the like business meeting projectors, and just start projecting uh, the race on the garage of their house. Okay. And then maybe a neighbor okay. will come and be like, hey, there's something on your garage. And they come out and watch. And then you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> imagine that. What do you think? Outdoor, good. like kind of do it at night share some backyard beers in this time of the pandemic, Mm. socially distance outside, watch some bike racing. Uh Uh Cause you could still have a conversation, nice little, uh, maybe cookout vibe. I think roller derby is good, but I think making it more of a uh, general fun in this time could be the way to do it.
1: That's true. Bike racing, not very fun. So you do need to up the fun. Well, you need to have more
2: conversation. It's a slow burn. Like it, it, you don't want to, yeah. what, know, or just show them the last what, thirty kilometers of a race if it's a sprinter's one, race. One
1: eh, five kilometers. One very important thing though, Tim, that I think you left out is, and and he touches on in here. Just, he says, uh, "What is it?" Quote: uh, Despite giving animated and detailed recaps of exciting races and group rides and whatever, sending videos of Wout and Vanderpool, he didn't do the one thing you need to do to get any regular Joe interested in a bike race. Which is tell them it's the Tour de France. Oh, that's a very, very solid. <laughs> you place. show them yeah. any race you want, Milan and Remo, whatever it is. Just tell them it's the Tour de France, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, that's yeah, I'll watch that. That's a, that's an important one." Oh,
2: Lance is back. Yeah, I'll watch that. Doing it for America in this time of when Amer- Yeah, just tell them there's really good American cyclists in these races. That'll mm-hmm. work. And then hopefully we luck out <laughs> with a with a, Still uh, a good Walter. American. No one
1: American. It's fine. You don't, Michael Woods is American. Yeah, that's yeah. a
2: very, very good point. They're not going to know. They're not cycling fans. Yeah, no, that's a that's a solid. What do you got, little guy? You Any, need to lie to can them. help. That's, that's. I
0: mean, I, I, I do think the easiest way to get someone into cycling is to you got to ease them in with 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 like downhill, then you move to cross country. Then you move to cycle cross, and then you can get them with the road cycling. Because the road cycling, I'll admit, I don't really understand why I like it. And (laughs) it's at time. I mean, at times I do, but the. I mean, if you really Uh sit down and parse out that you just watched three hours of a bike race, and then you're telling people about how the last ten k or something was awesome, and they're like. But you were watching that for three hours. You're like, yeah, but I was kind of watching it, kind of drawing pictures, kind of playing with Legos with the kid at the same time. It yeah, it, you you defeat your own argument pretty quick. It's and like, yeah,
2: it, it's it's like a green yeah. white checkered finish at a in a NASCAR race. You really only need to watch it's, the last three laps.
0: No, but it's hard to explain how like like was so good because of the slow build. And yes, mm-hmm. you can do you can fold the laundry while you watch it, but you need to watch it and become more and more tense.
1: Yeah, you you need the six previous hours to see <laughs> who got a flat tire and who may have got dropped or who's maybe on a bad yes. day. Yes, bu- it
0: adds. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, you need all this weird information non-information to fully enjoy so, it but so, that's why i say you show them downhill so downhill cycle first. cross okay that is like i mean downhill is ama- immediately like oh my gosh these people are insane that's the craziest thing i yep. ever saw and then you start showing cross country because you're like watch this the downhill school but watch when Vanderpool goes uphill and their minds yeah. are blown maybe like and start you- with a short track well when, when- yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, you sh- yeah yeah yeah
1: those are good too because it's very clear especially downhill like the point is very clear like oh i need to go down this as fast as i can and beat everybody else's time Yeah. and cross country is similar like i need to ride these many laps faster than everyone else other bike races a little more complicated wait why is yes. that guy in a got a
2: green jersey on uh, yeah. yeah is it yes. i wait i have to watch this for 6 hours red bull what red bull does especially for yeah. those of you in the the us cuz i don't know if red bull has worldwide um, coverage know. for it, but anyways, Red Bull TV or whatever it is, you get the coverage of the UCI downhill. Just get downhill. the app on your your it's,
1: Apple TV or whatever. It is like it's great.
2: It is fantastic coverage. Downhill race coverage is awesome. Here's my favorite part: is that the women's downhill category gets equal play as the men's. So like you have two great races every weekend, mm-hmm. and they are so neck and neck all the way through that you. You can become, like, focused on multiple storylines through both racing categories. Like, the women's race between Rachel Atherton and Tawny Seagrave, as an example, is going to be epic whenever we get to see that again. And then on the men's side, you also have epic storyline throughout. So, yes, start with Downhill. Little guy, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, Maybe tell them it's the new version of the Tour de France. It's the X Games version of the Tour de France.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. People Um, love that. Yeah.
2: That's great. That's fantastic. That's a great way to end the advice section of our show. So new section. With that, we are a little over the hour. Now little guy, we're not going to talk about (laughs) rain riding this week.
0: Oh that's so good. I know. Well but here's the thing you're going to be
2: able to guide us out with just your little story of cycling tan lines. Because I really want to get this off my agenda list so I never have to see it
0: again. <laughs> well, I thought about today was that now that I don't do many road rides, uh-huh. so I don't get that sweet, tall sock tan line and that super crisp arm line from wearing like the same jersey, the team kit, right? Yes, very and I'm true. Not working down, I'm not working downtown as a courier, so I'm not getting like a lower cut sock line or just as much of a tan. What I have developed now that I, ninety five percent of my rides are on the cargo bike with my son, is that I have a, a slip on tan line where half the top half of my shoe or my foot is tan, and then I have this weird white bottom foot and like front foot. It's a weird new tan line, and I was just thinking about okay, how just. I still, I'm still tan, but I, I obviously do not have roadie tan anymore.
2: When you say slip-ons, when you say slip-ons, do you mean Crocs? Yeah, you,
0: yeah. No, I don't mean Crocs. because <laughs> okay. then I would have little dots all okay. over my feet.
2: Well, no, that's why. That's one
0: reason why I asked. Um, <laughs> no, no, just slip-ons. They're so like a pair of Vans or something.
2: Pair of Vans. Okay. Oh. So, oh wow. There's there's so, so much here, uh, little guy. Um, you know,
1: uh, little guy. They they did recently re-release the um, Shimano SPD sandal. Uh, no, that could so, be your solution.
0: Yo, I was gonna go there, Spencer. I hundred percent want those because <laughs> while the slip-ons are great and they're airy and they and they're great for cruising around, um, I've been wearing through the slip-ons as summer has progressed, and I've gotten to the point where the last couple of days where we did a couple like 15, 20 mile rides. Okay. And my legs and feet hurt so bad by the end of it because I'm basically pushing with, like, no shoes on. Like, they have nothing to help anymore.
2: Okay, little guy, just stop. Okay? Spencer, me and you here. Uh Feel free to cut this out of the pot. I don't care. Let's talk a little financials. If we get... I mean, we have some great supporters of the network that that select (laughs) the Slow Ride podcast show. Uh I will totally throw in, like... (laughs) Let's get little guy a pair of the Shimano SPD pedals. That like oh, that is
0: dude, that is content. It. I want them,
2: little guy. You're supposed to not be listening. Leave, leave the room, little guy. Spencer, Le- leave the room. Spencer, Just step aside. That is some like solid content forever.
1: All right. Well, here's the thing. If and that's a big if with asterisks around it. If that happens. I'm not buying it on my account because I don't want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want the yeah. the ad yeah, i you know, I don't want the, the Google AdWords to know that I bought.
2: Yeah, that's a very good SPD point. SPD Sandals. Okay.
1: Like I don't need to see those ads for the next six years on all everybody's I was just thinking,
2: YouTube. like what I I almost just right now in my mind thought about sending an EP request for these. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't want that staying on my record. I don't want anyone yeah, to
1: think yeah. that, that I'm, We're going to have to figure out... This is going to be like an Ocean's Eleven yeah, level right. thing. We're going to have to plan this out. Okay, if if all we right, have let's, any let's, listeners let's table on this, the podcast table
2: that have a hookup to Shimano, <laughs> that can hook us up, or I mean hook little guy Divert up... Divert it. We need an offshore Shimano To hook account. up Matthew Allen <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with a Shimano.
1: <laughs> with the, yeah. Oh, all right. We'll 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 circle back to okay. this, Tim. Right. We'll right. just cool. table it for now, right. but we'll we'll invite little guy back okay. in the room. Right. So we get this wrap this up for today. Hey,
0: little guy. Um, we're ready. Cool. Um, hey, you guys. have well, been talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah just.
1: Yeah, we're all done, and uh, that should wrap up the section where we talk about little guy's feet as well on the podcast. Let's make sure to cross that off the agenda, Tim. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I never want to hear about it again.
2: And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Please rate and subscribe or tell your friends about it. It's how people find out about the show. And we love having more and more people listen and build a greater community in the world of cycling. We'd also like to thank supporters of the network by heading over to wideanglepodium.com. Our friends at Grimper Brothers for their two great Wideangle Podium coffee blends available at wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. And we'd like to thank Buckler Skin for their very own Miracle Wap Shammy Cream. As a reminder, head over to YouTube. Search Wide Angle Podium and become a subscriber to the network. We've set a goal of 1,000 subscribers and we're almost halfway there in less than one week. Check out Little Guy's Little Previews of Big Bike Races and Spencer's very own directorial debut of Lukewarm Cycling Reporter. And I've been on a couple shows <laughs> with Bill from Cyclocross Radio. And with that, this is Tim in Stormy
1: Orlando.
0: This is Matt also in stormy Minneapolis.
1: And this is Spencer in regular old Boston reminding you to wave at all your fellow cyclists. Who see you out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod
0: hey wide-angle podium friends join me longtime cyclocross writer molly herford and me endurance coach peter glassford on the consummate athlete podcast you'll learn about how the
2: pros like katarina nash ellen noble and magalie rochette train
0: And hear the best advice from experts in exercise science, nutrition, and sports psych to crush your racing goals. We discuss topics like how to run for cyclocross training. If strength training will improve your cycling. How NASCAR
1: can teach you how to corner smoother.
0: And how to fuel for a long day at the races.
1: Come hang out and learn how to live a happy, adventurous life.
0: Subscribe to the Consummate Athlete Podcast and visit us online at consummateathlete.com.